Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. John, you are never going to believe the stats that I just read. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for your Pray mind? tell. Pray tell. I want to hear it. Okay. So according to Forbes, which I believe is, is a, uh, a decent source here, 55% of salespeople lack basic sales skills. Okay. That's pretty scary. Well, here's the thing. 58% of buyers report that sales reps are unable to answer their questions effectively. Now, that's pretty bad, right? That's pretty bad. Here's the worst. Well, actually, there's two more that are re- extremely bad. 82% of B2B decision makers think sales reps are unprepared. Boy, that's going to make them want to buy. Well, and here's, you, want, you want the cherry on the Sunday? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I, I hate to do this to you at the beginning of the week. 35% of CSOs don't know what measurable improvements they seek from sales training or training investments. Wow. I mean, that just raises all sorts of interesting questions. Uh, interesting questions about, is there a problem in sales training or is there a problem in something outside of sales training that's causing a lack of alignment? So, you know, what, what, when you say that, and I love those stats, Brian, I really appreciate your sharing. The first thing that pops into my mind based on, on times that, you know, I've been involved in sales training and having sales training rolled out where I was working, I wonder how many times people bring sales training in and they go ahead and they collect everybody and they stick all the sales reps in a classroom for a day or two days or three days. In fact, I remember years ago, sales training uh, was three weeks and it's given to the reps and then it's it. It's done. There's no follow-up. There's no uh, consistency. Everybody in, on, in the entire organization that, that work in the sales arena aren't compelled to take that same training and it doesn't become a common language in the organization. I wonder how often that happens. Yeah, quite often, John. I'd love to find a stat on that. But from everybody I've spoken to in the past or you know, from my experience, it's, it's more of the norm, which, which is, is pretty scary. And I think the stats kind of reflect that when we look at the lack of sales skills and the obviously prospects feeling that these salespeople aren't prepared, which is, which is very, very alarming. But it, it seems to me, John, that the organization itself isn't really investing much into it or putting any time or effort into it. The sales trainer figures, hey, let's just get this over with and just push you on the phone as fast as possible so you can figure it out. Yeah, I, I would I would say that in in my experience, most of the sales trainers and most most not all but most of the curriculum that I've seen has actually been very good. But it's been very good at solving a specific issue. And you know, to your point, I wonder if if management is looking at sales training and thinking that um, it's really the silver bullet when in reality it isn't the silver bullet. If, if that makes any sense. No, it makes a ton of sense. And, you know, from what we've seen, there has been a, a big lack of alignment between the sales training and the actual sales department, if that makes sense, you know, with, with different terminology and the actual process itself and coming up with a catch-all approach when there's so many different intricacies and talking about the different roles of the organization and being so narrow in its, in its approach because we have such a small amount of time to get these people ramped up. We don't focus on the entire organization, the space our methodology, right, John? So I'll give you an example that I've seen time and again, and, and very many of the folks I know in the business have, have had the same complaint, the same issue, and that is that that the sales rep is 
through sales training told, here's how we rate an opportunity, here's how you enter it into Salesforce, here's all the data that you need to put into it. And sometimes it can be a bit overbearing, especially if you're running multiple, large amounts of uh, multiple transactions. And all of that information has to be put in. And then it comes time for the end of the quarter and the vice president of sales or whoever is, is up at the top is running sales says, oh, I want to do account reviews. I want to do opportunity reviews and gets on with the rep. One doesn't even read the notes that are in there. And two starts asking different questions of the rep and then gets upset when the rep doesn't have them. Wait a minute, time out, folks. If you want the rep to capture that information, why don't you tell them to capture it in the very beginning? If it's important to capture that information, why don't you review it so that you're not wasting your time as well as the rep's time when you go in to do a review? Why not use that time to say, can we reasonably close this in the, in the time that we need it to close? And what can the organization do, if anything, to help move it along in between the stages? I don't know if you've ever experienced that or not. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely, John. It's, it's something that is rife throughout. And I don't know if it's just a lack of people that are in the wrong position, if those people are a victim of the same lack of training that their reps received. But uh, yeah, there's no transparency. There's no communication. And it really goes to show there's really no communication. Sometimes we can't see the forest from the trees. We're so heavily involved in our own desk, right? Being the CEOs of our own desk and not really having that communication with our managers. We, there are no quarterly meetings or reviews. There are no weekly one-on-ones or workshops or, or role plays. There's, there's really no communication or transparency is from what I've seen. So one of the things that, that always has amazed me about the selling profession, so this is regardless of the industry, uh, quite frankly, that if, if you look at what people refer to as professionals, uh, so what businesses do you have professionals in? So you certainly have lawyers that are professionals and accountants. Um, you have doctors, you have nurses, you have um, uh, transportation uh, engineers. So you have folks that are driving big trucks. So, so the list goes on. It's, it's, it is pretty long. Teachers. And what's interesting about all of those professions is that there is an understanding and there's a requirement for those individuals to go through periodic updated training so that they're up to date with, with um, things such as the law, such as uh, policies and practices, uh, maybe it's competitive practices, et cetera. And in sales, that just doesn't exist unless the organization does it themselves. But yet they say that we're sales professionals. So I've always found that kind of interesting. No, I have too, John, and it's, it's, it, you make a great point. I mean, the best sales training I've ever been a part of was at ADP, which is a $9 billion business. They invest a ton of money into their training program, it's, and it's ongoing, but you have to certify, and you're taking written tests on every single subject that you're looking at and you're reviewing. You have to take, obviously, you're presenting to the C-suite, and they're grading you. It's a graded role play session, and at the end of it, you are certified. You have a certificate, which allows you to now go out and sell and you're completely prepared you're completely confident and that's something i'd love to hit on john is the fact that the lack of sales training initial sales training um you know it could be lack of relevancy it could be you know having such a, a small short amount of time but the ongoing training as well it leads to a lack of confidence in that rep and i believe the stats support that and more importantly just the, the, the quotes that you started this with they, they lead to a lack of credibility in the eyes of the buyer. And why would a buyer buy or trust somebody that, they have, that has no credibility with them? So it's not the rep that's getting hurt. 
it's really the organization that's employing the rep and expecting the rep to be productive that's getting hurt. And all the rapport in the world can't solve that problem, John. No, all the rapport in the world definitely cannot solve that problem. The, the reps, I think, when you look at it from that perspective, are really being asked to do too much. I mean, if, if, if the rep has to input all of this information, has to determine what's important, has to figure out what language the, their sales manager or the VP of sales is using because the terminology hasn't been defined as well as do their job of going out and prospecting and nurturing and closing and follow-up, et cetera. Uh, I think the reps in a lot of cases are being asked to do so much. And, and I think you had, you were talking the other day about a stat that shows that interest in the, in the selling profession has actually gone down. And you'd have to ask yourself, Why? It also talks to the fact that there will be less sales reps. It's another, another issue, but there will be less sales reps as we go forward. Yeah, absolutely, John. And it's because people are getting beaten down and thinking, what is it? Is it me? Why is this not happening for me? And I think a lot of organizations make a huge mistake in the fact that they are relying on that rep's previous business to do their job for them in the, in the act of training. They figure they came from a professional organization. They were trained by that organization on our space. And that's good enough. They can come in with the Rolodex. They can come in with success, past success, and a previous training program that should be good enough that we can plug them right into their desk, give them a minimal training program, and they're off to the races. And they wonder why they're dealing with a churn problem. And they're wondering why their revenue is not going up, John. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, there's the, one of the reps I was speaking to recently was was kind of expressing a little bit differently. They said, you know, marketing spends a tremendous amount of money, um, and and what are they spending the money for? Because if you really look at the purpose of marketing, marketing is to sensitize the potential buyer um, to say here's what this organization is about. Here's how this organization could potentially bring you value. But it also is should be designed to have the the potential buyer say. Yeah, I have a good frame of reference. I do have a need. Let me go speak to a salesperson and allow a segue for the salesperson to engage in conversation with that potential buyer and turn them into a customer. And so often what this, what this salesperson was telling me, so often that job isn't done. And the sales rep is just told, go talk to these people, go find these people. And the marketing component has never been properly structured. It's not aligned with the role of the salesperson. So how do they expect the salesperson to do a proper job? No, and that's the thing. When you have a, a, an organization with just segmented teams and not the, the whole of the business where there is no uh, synergy there, and you're right, when there is no alignment, you can absolutely see the cogs breaking down. And it's, it's, it's never been more apparent than right now during this pandemic where people are, are looking for, they've actually been able to slow down, John, because of course their business has been affected. It's how do I do this? I'm finally realizing there is an issue. And in this downtime, I need to get it right before we get back up and running. Yeah, no, agreed. And, and, and the other thing that, that's interesting, because when we were talking about having this conversation, one of the things I did was I started to look at some of the curriculum or of the sales training. And what most of it seems to fo- focus on, and, and rightfully so to a certain extent, but most of it seems to focus on is sales process. So how do I do discovery? How do I handle objections? Um, how do I close? When do I close? Things of that nature. But the interesting part is, if, if you look at a lot of the research that says what is the role of a salesperson nowadays, um, from the perspective of the buyer, the buyer really wants the salesperson to act as if the salesperson 
works for the buyer, is a member of their management team, and treats the dollars of the buyer as if they were owned by the salesperson. So they're really looking for a lot more alignment between the organizational goals and objectives with the, the, the role of the salesperson. So you start to look at what sales training should include potentially. And it's, it's interesting. It's not just sales process, but it's changes to the product or reasons for the product. What are some of the buying influences? Who are some of the buyers? What do their personas look like? What's going on from a competitive perspective? Not that you have to mimic the competition, but understand the messaging that they're putting out there. What's going on in the market? Are there changes in needs? Are there changes in laws? Are there changes in the supply chain, which is huge that we just saw through COVID? What kinds of objections is a salesperson going to experience? And what kinds of objections have the, have the sales team been getting recently? And again, are there changes to the process that you have to go through, whether they're regulatory or whether they're just business practices? Uh, this happens a lot specifically in the HR arena, uh, in, the, in the areas like HIPAA and in the areas like legal. So not to equip your sales rep with all of that information. Again, you can't do it all at once, but not to equip them is not preparing them to look like a true professional in the eyes of the buyer. No, you're right. It has to be structured. It has to be robust. I mean, it's always better to over-prepare than under-prepare, right? I mean, I know you learn by doing, and I totally agree with that, but you have to be confident and well-armed to be able to do it. And you hit on a good point, John, as far as the competitive landscape, uh, you need to know what your differentiator is. What's your unique value prop in the marketplace? How do you differentiate from your competitors? Because if it doesn't, obviously it becomes a commoditized transaction. It becomes more of a, a, uh, a, a monetary thing, right? A price war. We don't want that either. But John, a, a quick question for you here, because sure. obviously I have seen many organizations, you have seen the same where they say, well, we're, we're hiring for enterprise level salespeople. We're hiring for experienced tenured salespeople. Doesn't change the fact that they need training, right? Just as you mentioned, they need training on the entire organization, the space through your competitors, the whole nine yards. Before I ask my question, one more point. We also need communication. And you mentioned something earlier, which I want to expand on. Things change constantly. Like where we're living in the tech age where product offerings change, the space changes. Uh, there's constant changes within an organization and outside of the organization. And too many times, John, we hear people say that, well, I never knew that. Or we didn't have a meeting to announce a launch. Or we didn't have a workshop on the new feature of, of our offering. Or you know, we, we weren't informed well enough. So that needs to change, obviously. And that, that goes into the ongoing training that, uh, that you know, we're big proponents of. But question behind this stat, John, Forrester, which I think is also a valuable source, they predict that 1 million sales reps are going to be out of a job by the end of this year. Yeah. Do you think that is more to say about the sales rep themselves or is it management, a lack of training, or is it is a 50-50 split? What do you think? It's it's a it's a fascinating stat and it's fascinating research behind it and I'll I'll share with you a couple of things that are going on but but it is significant. Um, the biggest issue that any sales well two biggest issues that any sales rep has all right and this again regardless of industry regardless of income regardless of product etc the two biggest issues are prospecting and follow up consistently. All right, this notion of having a problem closing, is that's ridiculous, and that's been proven not to be true. But the, the prospecting and the follow-up are, are the two hardest things that sales reps do and, and, and the things that they, that they shun the most. What's interesting is with a lot of the new technology that's out there, 
a lot of the prospecting is now done through marketing, through um, autoresponder types of technologies. There's a lot of different ways that you can start to generate leads. There's also an awful lot more um, buyer self-determination and that the buyer wants to purchase online. So what we're seeing is that there is less of a need on the prospecting side. And the same thing holds true on the follow-up with, with advances in CRM and advances in, in autoresponders, that there's less of a need for an individual to do the follow-up. So part of what's going on is that these folks are being um, replaced because they're not very good at their job and they don't have the skills to move into where sales is really needed, which is engaging the, the, the prospect in a meaningful conversation about assisting them in achieving their corporate goals and objectives and personal goals of objectives through the utilization of, of the, the, the seller's product. So I can see that that is, is a huge reason why, why they're going. But to your other point, yes, I would say a lot of it has to do with management doesn't take a responsibility to nurture and to grow the individuals. And of course, you can question and, and debate all day long whether or not they have an obligation to do that, um, but they don't. So, so basically, they bring salespeople in for roles, and if the role isn't needed or if the salesperson doesn't fulfill the role in a certain period of time or they're, or they're on the wrong side of a political discussion, the salesperson gets tossed out. I think that's a lot of what we're seeing. Yeah, and it could also be the fact that, you know, we talked about churn before and, you know, culture being so big is that, hey, I'm not aligned with the organization. I'm not, I'm not happy with the leadership. I'm not happy with, you know, the lack of uh, tools that I've been given. You know, I'm not aligned with the culture, so I'm going to take my talents elsewhere, right? There's some of that as well. Yeah, because interesting when, when you speak to some of, the, some of the more advanced sales management teams, what they really start to look for in their sales reps is less the ability to move their particular product or service to a prospect at the time and turn them into a customer. But what they're really looking for is for the rep to have the ability to develop an understanding of the prospect's current needs and potential future needs if they fit within the confines of the product or offering that 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 is being presented so that they truly understand where the applications are for that offering and can fill those as opposed to doing a one and done on that particular prospect, especially in enterprise sales. And this is where most guys fall apart in enterprise sales. Enterprise sales is not selling transactionally simply for larger dollar values. Enterprise sales is understanding how to work with and understand the needs and the requirements of a large institution across multiple domains, across multiple decision makers, across multiple locations, and become a preferred, preferred supplier to them of your product or service. Very big, very much of a different game than being a transactional salesperson. No, it's true, and it, it just speaks to our, our notion that no sales training program, structured or unstructured, should be a catch-all. It should be depending on the role transactional, relational, outbound, inbound, enterprise, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, it should be tailored custom to that specific group or that specific solution. Yeah, and I, I, I would even venture to say, uh, Brian, that, that I would wonder how many decision makers in the purchasing of sales training, uh, 
perceive sales training as a product as opposed to as a consulting gig? In other words, do they look at it and say, okay, well, I like what this guy has and I like his pricing as opposed to say, what does my team really need to be successful? How do I define success? And how can we take the core of what you have, Mr. Sales Provider, and how can we convert it so that it helps me achieve my goal? And I think that's a big mistake for a lot of people to make. Unless unless all they really need is the the the, the basic uh, fundamentals of, of what that sales training is offering them. Well, it's a huge mistake, John. And that's where the lack of alignment comes in the organization. When it, it comes from the top down, you have the sales team telling you, hey, I need this. We've had X amount of hires, X amount of turnover. We've had X amount of successful people. They all need X, right? And you have your sales organization saying, we know best. We're going to set it up the way we see it fit. Um, and that's a complete lack of alignment. They wonder why the numbers are going south. And that's something obviously we've been able to help with in the past and we're more than happy to, to do it right now. Yeah, and, and the, the, the point that is, isn't really said and needs to be said is that because technology is so pervasive, because it's in front of us, because data is given to us and presented to us uh, the second it occurs anywhere, the ability for, for sales reps to look at an organization and make a determination as to whether they want to work there or not. In other words, it's the same it's the same conversation you and I have quite often. Um, when LeBron James goes to look for a new place to play, how is he going to make that decision? It's not just on location. It's, it's on how the organization is going to support him. So folks that aren't taking what we're saying into account, aren't creating good training environments, they're never even going to be able to compete for the better salesperson that they claim they all want. It's absolutely Interesting true. dilemma. If you're not investing in the front end, I mean, obviously that's a big you know, first impressions mean everything, right? My first day on the job, I come in. Do I have an agenda in front of me? Is it laid out the entire week so I know what to expect? Do I have a curriculum? You know, what do I have? It speaks to the culture of the entire organization. You know, how am I going to be supported throughout? And this is aligned with my vision of how I want my career path to go. It's exactly what you said about LeBron James. Are my front office, are they listening to me? You know, if I'm their top talent, are they listening to me? Do they know exactly what I'm looking for? Uh, do they understand who I am? Do, are they adding value to my career path? Are they supporting me in my ventures? So it's questions that everybody has to ask. You know, you, it, it's, it's very, very important, John. Yeah. So we will, we will continue this um, again, but I, I think we, we need to let our listeners let this sink in a little bit because this, this is a, a crux issue. This is absolutely a, a core uh, notion that, that folks really do need to think about. They're spending the money or not on sales training. I mean, I, I don't know how much money is spent on sales training. You, you probably might have a stat on that, Brian, but it's it's got to be a lot of money. And it doesn't seem like folks are getting what they should be getting out of it. And and I don't want to sit there and blame the sales trainers themselves because they're not they're not the sole issue. How about this, John? $20 billion a year. $20, 20 billion, billion. With a B. Billion. With a billion. B. With a B. And okay. We just saw the stats, John. $20 billion is getting us 84% of people saying these people are unprepared or don't know what they're talking about. So obviously, there's a big gap in alignment there. Uh, there's a cog that is broken, John. There's a cog that's very badly broken. Good Boy. news is, John, the, very, the good news is, uh, you know, I fancy us a couple of unicorns and the fact that, you know, in our past, we've received some of the best sales training known to mankind. And we have also set up some very specific customized sales training programs. Because think about it, you cannot train an SDR the same way you're going to train an enterprise sales uh, manager, right? It's completely different. Uh, obviously, there's elements of, of you know, prospecting and whatnot, but you really have to get in and put some thought into it. And you really have to get in there and 
really customize a solution for that specific role. Uh, that's, that's the way it is. It has to be. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't think enough effective will say it again. I, I know not enough time and energy has been spent by, by the potential buyers of sales training. And, and again, it's not really the role of the sales trainers to try to get their customers to, to think like this because their, their job in life is to sell their product or service, which is their current book of sales training. That's, that's their job. So they're doing their job. Um, it's, it's really, you know, there's an old saying, let the buyer beware. It's up to the sales management team to say, wait a minute, let's really be a little more specific. And we can help them with this tremendously. Let's be a little more specific, a little more prescriptive on what it is we are trying to accomplish. And then I think you'll see better sales training occur. And I'm telling you, John, they're feeling the pain right now. The salt is in the wounds. I mean, there's, you know, we are, the economy is somewhat recovering as we're speaking, you know, hopefully by the end of the summer, we're going to be at full tilt, but people, as you know, they are feeling the pain. They are tired of the churn. They're, they're sick and tired of being sick and tired, as they say. And I think now hearts and minds are being moved. People are willing to look from outside their walls and say, hey, we need guidance. We need help. We need somebody. We need a team to come in and fix these cogs that are broken. And, you know, fortunately enough for us, John, we have been those fixers that they've so desperately needed. Yeah, you don't. You don't throw everything out that you're doing. You just try to figure out what you're trying to do and figure out what isn't working. It's, you can solve problems a lot easier that way. And I, I don't think this is a difficult one to solve, but it just takes some focused work and it takes some thinking that I'm not sure folks have really um, decided to conquer that we can help them with. Absolutely. And John, I, I recommend the next time, cause I got some great talking points and stats on, you mentioned earlier marketing and you mentioned follow-up. I think we'll have a great conversation regarding that next time. I look forward to it. Until then, keep selling, stay safe, stay aligned, and uh, the wheels keep rolling. That's right. Later, Brian. All right. See you, John. It was great spending time with you today. Maybe you liked what you heard. Maybe we sparked some controversy. Maybe we got you excited, but hopefully we got you thinking. Hey, we want to hear from you. If the topic resonated with you, if you have a comment, or if you have an issue you're serious about fixing, reach out to us today. Hey, Brian, how can they get in touch with us? Great question, John. Best way is email. Email us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we're going to help you make small adjustments that's going to lead to major impacts in your business and your revenue.